Please turn with me, if you would, your Bibles to Psalm 63. Psalm 63. Start reading with me, if you would, in verse 1. We'll read 1 through 5. O God, Thou art my God. Early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsteth for Thee. My flesh longeth for Thee. And is a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see Thy power and Thy glory. So as I have seen Thee in the sanctuary. Because Thy loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise Thee. Thus will I bless Thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in Thy name. My soul shall be satisfied with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise Thee with joyful lips. I just want to stop right there. We could read the whole psalm. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. But one thing we notice from David's life and the psalms that he's written, and in this psalm right here in particular, there was a genuine longing in David's heart for God. A genuine longing in his heart for God. It wasn't a pretense. He didn't say, I'm going to write this down and maybe it'll be a big praise course one day that people sing in churches. He wrote this from his heart. There was a longing in David's heart to be with God. It was his heart's desire. And I want to talk to you this morning about when you and I approach the Lord, in whatever way we approach the Lord, I'm talking about a church, privately, public, wherever, when you and I approach the Lord, that we are to come with the heart's desire to be with God. I know it sounds like a simple truth, but that's the way it matters to God how we approach Him. Certainly we have to come through the blood of Jesus. That's the only way to come. And we have to come by faith, believing that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. I understand that, but the attitude in my heart and in my mind, and in your heart and your mind, as we approach the Lord, we need to come with great love for God. We need to come with a great joy and a great expectancy or expectation when we come into God's presence. And Jesus, when we were doing our study in Revelation, in the, the church of Ephesus was the first church of the seven in Asia that He dealt with, right? And He says that I have somewhat against thee. I have somewhat against thee. Even though they were His people, he didn't say you're not my children. He didn't say you're not my church. He says that I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Well, our first love is Jesus Christ. At all points in between, it's about Him. Uh, we're in Christ Jesus. We've been apprehended of Christ Jesus. We've been bought by His blood. Uh, he's he's, he's going to fill all in all, the Bible says. He is the head of His church. Jesus Christ. And... When we approach the Lord, we need to come with a great love for Him. We need to come with a heart's desire to, to meet with Him, that we're expecting to meet with Him, that there's a joy in our heart, and we're not just doing it to do the thing. We're not just doing it uh, to, to do uh, because it's, it's our obligation. And I want you to turn with me and read in Exodus chapter 3. It's, it matters to the Lord that we take time, that we call upon the Lord, that we come before Him. In Exodus chapter 3, this is where the Lord is calling Moses out of the burning bush. We know the story. Forty years in the wilderness. And we're doing a study on Moses' life on Wednesday nights. I'm very excited about it. And we're, we're getting to all this part right here. But I just want to read this this morning. Exodus 3, verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked and behold, 
looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. So that's that's the scene. He sees the bush burning, and it, the Bible says that the angel of the Lord appeared to him. So he didn't realize it at the time, but that was the angel of the Lord in the bush. So he just sees a bush burning at first glance, and then he notices that the bush is burning, but it's not being consumed. So it's burning, but not being consumed. And God is an all-consuming fire, <clears throat> His Word says. And so he, the Bible says in verse 3 that Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. I'm just going to stop right there. We're talking about seeking God. We're talking about seeking God with a joyful expectancy and expectation. There's something on God's part that he sees here that when Moses turned aside to see, it says, when the Lord saw. First, an angel appears and it's just fire. It's not very personal. You know what I mean? It's, it's a fire. But it was the angel of the Lord. The Bible tells us that. When Moses turned aside to see that sight that was unusual and miraculous, he turned aside to see that. Then the Lord made it more personal. And, and when he says, when he, the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to see the, the sight, that he called unto him, Moses, Moses. And now it's personal. Now God's beginning to reveal Himself. He knew about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses did. He knew about the God of his ancestors and the prophecies and things like that. But now it was becoming personal. There was a turning aside. When he turned aside to see, God made it personal and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I, Lord. All of a sudden, they got this conversation between Almighty God and a man. And God is no respecter of persons. He wants to do that in our lives. He wants to speak to us in that way. He wants to lead us. He wants to guide us. And when we come to the Lord, we need to come with an expectation. With a joyful expectation. Uh, this morning in this place, in this house, in the midst of all the storm, I know our minds on other can be distracted and mine too on other things in your house and you know family and, and things like that and looking out the window at the rain or whatever. But when we come, we need to come Expecting God. Fully expecting God. Turning aside to see. When we come to His Word. When we gather together with the people of God like we are this morning to worship Him. We approach His altar. Because don't forget, the Lord said, and I know that we, again, there's a physical altar up here in the front of this church. But that, that is the place. The Lord says, there I will meet with you. The altar is Christ. So we don't have to have this wooden bench. Thank the Lord we do have one. I thank the Lord that we use it. But he says, there will I meet with you. He said he would meet with us at the altar. Again, our altar is Christ, but we need to come with expectation. We need to come with hope. We need to come by faith. And uh, we need to come believing that the Lord can help us, that the Lord uh, can, can strengthen us, that the, that the Lord can do in us what He needs to do. And if our faith is weak, He can strengthen our faith. But that's how we need to approach the Lord. We need to come reverently before the Lord. We need to come joyfully, and I would say attentively, before the Lord. In other words, we're dialed in, so to speak, in our minds and thoughts. Uh, we need to come uh, with sincere 
the sincere in intention of obeying the Lord. And I'll be honest with you, we don't always do that or all men don't do that. Maybe you do. I think a lot of times we'll come and we know we're supposed to be in church and we come to church and we listen and we might even like what we hear. But all men do not come to God and approach the Lord. I'm talking about their own private prayer time or when they open the Bible and read it on Monday morning or we come together in church. We don't always come with intent. I'm going to obey whatever God shows me. But I think we need to make a conscious decision to be attentive to the Lord and say, whatever you speak to me, I will do. We, we sing that song, wherever He leads, I'll go. I'll follow my Lord who loved me so. Wherever He leads, I'll go. We need to come with that intention. We need to come into God's presence. And it's wonderful we sing that last, last song. Lord, I come to You. Into Your presence, Lord, we come. We need to come with a full devotion to Christ. And we need to come also with a full assurance that the Lord Himself is going to meet us there. This is not just an exercise in futility, so to speak. You know, like if you were trying to stop a river with a, you know, a, a stick in your hand and you're trying to stop the Mississippi River from flowing. It's futile. But when we come into God, to God's presence, when we come to approach the Lord, we need to come fully expecting my God is going to meet me there. And it doesn't matter how I feel. And it doesn't matter that I've had a horrible day. It doesn't matter that this, that, and the other. It doesn't matter that nobody showed up. I'm the only one that showed up for church today. None of that matters. We need to come with the expectation that my God is going to meet me there. He said, there will I meet with you. He'll always meet us in Christ, okay? He'll always meet us right there in the Lord. And not only will He meet us there, we need to believe that He is going to feed us. He's going to feed us there. I'm going to leave satisfied. David said, I'll be satisfied as with, with marrow. In other words, the best of the food, the best of the meat. I will be satisfied. My soul is going to be satisfied. We need to come believing that. And I want you to, to turn with me. Well, actually, I'm just going to read it. But we know the story in the Bible where the Lord in the wilderness first gave the manna to the children of Israel. The word manna literally means, what is this? They didn't know what it was. So they said, what is this? And so they called it manna. Here's some of that. What is this? Okay. And they ate it. And it was, uh, God gave the law, basically. And I just want to read, the, read this because he's recounting it later in Deuteronomy. He's recounting the story of when he first gave the manna. And he humbled thee, Israel, and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know that He might make thee know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. When we come to God, you come to, we're coming in His Word this morning. Okay? Or when you pick up your Bible and read it, we come to Sunday school, we're coming to approach the Lord in His Word. We need to come expecting fully that my God is going to feed me. He's going to satisfy me. In a, in a way that the world can't, or red beans and rice can't, or jambalaya can't, or big birthday cake cannot do. That we're coming, the Lord can feed us, okay? And He's going to satisfy us. Jesus said, and I love this passage in John 6, I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness. We just read about it. Not only did they eat manna in the wilderness, your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. 
That was not eternal bread. That was manna to sustain them 40 years until they came to the promised land. It sustained their physical bodies, but it was a picture. Well, so many of those things are pictures, right? Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread, speaking of himself, which comes down from heaven, that if a man eats thereof, he shall not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh. And I was talking about sacrificed on the cross. Okay? Which I will give for the life of the world. When we come to God this morning in this house, you wake up tomorrow morning. If the Lord hadn't raptured us and it's your Bible time, you go to the Bible and begin to read it. You open wherever you're reading. You and I need to come expecting God is going to feed me. The bread of heaven. He just said, He is that bread of life that came down from heaven. It's not like the physical bread that was in the wilderness. That was like a picture. I'm the bread of life. And if any man eats of this bread, he is never going to die. David understood that. And we understand that. Come with the sincere love in your heart for the one that you're approaching. And come with an expectation that God's going to meet me. It matters. It matters. It matters. There's a confidence we have in God. It's not just positive thinking, which in and of itself has no power, but it's like we did our study in faith. It's faith in God who cannot lie. God with whom it's impossible for Him to lie. For all the promises of God in Him are yea and in Him. Amen unto the glory of God. And so all those promises are in Christ Jesus. We must, y'all, when we come to the Lord and approach the Lord, we must allow the Lord to work in us as well. And we don't always do that. Like I said, we don't always submit and say, whatever God shows me, I'll obey. We need to do that. He's either Lord or He's not Lord. If He's Lord, that means His, His Word goes and I obey Him, even if it's strange, unusual, hard, difficult, scary, whatever it may be. wouldn't have been my preference or my first choice. I'm going to trust God that He knows best. He's God and my God. So when I come and approach the Lord, whatever He shows me, I will do I want, to, I want to want to do that, okay? That needs to be my attitude uh, that I live in continually. And I also need to come to the Lord and allow the Lord to touch me and change me. Because sometimes we can harden ourselves against what the Lord's trying to do. We touched on it just right when we got our first tornado alert right at the end of Sunday school this morning. I was just finishing. And it talks about these plagues that are coming upon the earth during the tribulation. And it says, and these men that survived still did not repent. We didn't get to quite finish it of their idolatry and blaspheming and so forth. It just shows the hardness of man's heart. Well, even as Christians, we can come. We're just not in the mood today. I don't want God to move me to tears today. You know, I just want to bide my time in church and I want to go home. Got some other stuff. I'm not in the mood. I'm not yielding to the Lord. I'm not really looking for the Lord to do a whole lot in my life today. But we need to allow the Lord every time we come. We need to see that we're living on God's time. And I would say borrowed time, not, not in a facetious, facetious way. I simply mean we don't know how many days we're going to have. We ought to look at every day. This is the day the Lord has, has made. I'm going to live for Jesus Christ to the fullest that I can today. Yes, i got to go to work today. Or yes, I'm cutting the grass today. Whatever I'm doing today, I still want to live to the fullest extent is within me. I'm going to live for God today. 
And that includes me listening to Him, yielding to what He tells me, allowing Him to work in my life. How many of you need God to stir you up? I do. I need God to stir me up. Last week's sermon is gone. I don't live off of that manna any longer. It's not that I can't continue to, uh, to have that, exp- that in my life that I learned, whatever He spoke to me through His Word a week ago or 20 years ago. But it means today I need food today. I need fuel today. I need spiritual energy and life and vitality today. I need to meet with Jesus Christ today. I need Him to live through me today. And I need to allow Him to do that, to stir me up. I'll just read this. Uh, you don't have to turn there. Peter says, Yeah, I think it meet as long as I'm in this tabernacle or this earthly body to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. There's a couple of passages in the New Testament that talk about stirring up the believer. And that means to, awake, to make fully, to awake fully, or to arouse. And sometimes we don't, we're not awake. We're not dialed in. We're not in a position. Physically, we might be in the pew, so to speak. But we're not in a position for God to really speak to me and for me to hear Him and for me to yield to Him, for me to obey Him. He says, there's a lot I want to do in your life, Randy. A whole lot. You've been asking me for the last 25 years. I'm wanting to do it now. And now you're not letting me. You're not listening to me. You're not obeying what I show you. You're not yielding. You're not yielding to submitting to the Holy Spirit's work in, in your life. Uh, so we have to allow God to work in us. He's the potter. We're the clay. Uh, we can fight against that. Even as Christians, we can fight against what He's desiring to do. When I approach God, I need to honestly come before Him and say whatever you want to do. Do it. And then be aware of it. Be attentive to what He's desiring to do. Allow the Lord or the Holy Spirit to move in your life. How many of you have prayed? I don't know how many. I'm asking. I, I know I'm not asking for a show of hands, but I know I've been praying it. God, we want to see the gifts of the Spirit at work in our church. Not just for the sake of having them, you know, so that was neat. That was neat. All the gifts were given for the edification of the body, it says in 1 Corinthians. And so for the edification of your body, not out of order, not for any man's glory, but for the glory of God. Uh, Lord, would you manifest the gifts of Spirit in our services as you see fit? And we desire that. And we need, how many of you, maybe God has moved upon your heart to give a word, to give a tongue, an interpretation of tongue, uh, uh, to stand up and give a psalm, to stand up and give a prophecy. And God moves upon our hearts to do that, and we suppress that. The Bible says we can quench the Holy Spirit, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can. Believers that are indwelt bought by the blood of Jesus and indwelt by this living Christ can quench the Spirit. Just quench, suppress what He's wanting to do through our lives. I'm not advocating that we're hanging from the chandeliers and swinging. I'm saying as God moves and leads, okay, that we would be sensitive to that. We would want that, first of all. It says earnestly covet and desire the best gifts. Do that, Okay. But as God does that, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to move. I need to allow the Holy Spirit to convict me of sin and not harden my heart against it. I need to allow the Holy Spirit to uh, inspire me to live for God, to prompt me or uh, provoke me on to live for Jesus Christ. 
If God calls me and has a call of God upon my life to ministry or whatever it may be, I need to accept that call and say, yes, Lord. Okay, yes, Lord. And we need to come that way. We need to yield to what the Lord's doing. We need to allow the word of God to speak to us. Don't just read the Bible. I need to allow the Lord to speak to me through his word. Sometimes we meditate. Sometimes we, and that means to, to mull it over, like to, to, to think again is really what meditate means. To rethink it. Not just think it the first time and say, I've got that. Let's go to the next paragraph, the next chapter, the next Bible study. To think it over. David meditated on the Lord. And it means to, to think again. And as we think again, allow the Lord to speak to us through His Word, to feed us, to heed what He tells us, to instruct us from His Word. He is the Good Shepherd. Let the Good Shepherd lead you. A lot of times we want people to lead us. We go to a good, strong Christian that we know has a good walk with God and we look for counsel for them. There's nothing wrong. There's wisdom in the multitude of counsel. But we have a good shepherd. We have the Counselor, the Holy Ghost, we have Jesus Christ, the Good Shepherd, and that's the one we need to heed and let lead us. He calls His own sheep how? By name. Just like the Lord called to Moses. Moses, Moses, hear my Lord. The Lord calls His own sheep by name. And He leads us. Let Him lead you. Let Him lead you. Your common sense isn't to lead you. I'm not saying that we should be ignorant and just act like buffoons, okay? I'm saying we need to let the, the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us. And Isaiah, when he was when the Lord says, Who who shall go for us? Whom shall I send? Isaiah said, said, Here am I, send me. There was a willingness and a readiness to be led by God to go on his behalf. And the Lord wants to, to do that. So often y'all were not prepared. This whole sermon is about how we approach God. How do we come? What is my attitude when I come before the Lord? By faith, with love, with expect, expectation, with the willingness to obey the Lord and to come prepared. A lot of times we're not. We're not prepared when we come to church. I'm using church for an example. But it could be your private prayer time, your family altar time. Oh man, we got 10 minutes. Let's get this out of the way. we got supper in 10 minutes. I've done that before. I never said those words, but I've thought that in my heart. Let's get this done and then go on and do something else. God, forgive me. I don't want to live that way. I don't live that way as a pattern. I have before. I know it's in me and could be in me. That we need to come prepared. If we're going to come to church, get up, get dressed, wake up in time to get the sleep out of your eyes, wake up in time to get your kids dressed, come ready Come ready and expecting to meet God at church. He said we're two or three gathered together. There I am in the midst of them. He says that. Well, he'll, he'll always keep his end of the bargain. It's not even a bargain. It's not even a deal. It's just a promise. I'm doing it. We're two or three gathered in my name. There I am in the midst of them. We need to come. And David was ready. If we, we think back to the psalm that we opened with, he says, early I'm going to seek you. You know what there was in him? There was a plan. There was a forethought. I am going to seek God and I'm going to seek him early before probably early in the day is what he meant before I get caught up in the rat race that is life that Christians have and lost lost people have early will I seek you and uh, he came ready to meet the Lord. He came expecting to meet with God and God to meet with him. And that's how we need to come. We need to come 
expecting the Lord because a lot of times, y'all, we don't. We don't come, and I'm, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but how many came expecting something very wonderful today in God's house? That this is just awesome. When the alarm clock went off, you were excited and you said, God's going to meet me today at church. And expecting something personal, something wonderful, and something personal. Because God is both and does both. He's wonderful. And He comes to us in very personal ways. He can bless our whole church. He can bless you individually. He can bless you tomorrow morning when we're not gathered together. He wants to. He desires to. But do I come expecting that? Let God come and commune with you. Let God come and move by His Spirit. Let God use the sermon and speak to your heart. Don't be in such a rush. Let God take His time with you. That's a big one, isn't it? Let God take His time with you. And like everything else, we don't have to be in such a rush uh, that we just want to get it done and get it over with. Let God take His time. You know, we, uh, we had taped a couple of Andy Griffiths and we're watching, watching these because uh, there's nothing good on TV. So we're watching some old black and white Andy Griffiths and I'm thinking, what a life, you know? They're sitting on the front porch or, you know, making homemade ice cream and falling asleep on the porch swing and maybe I'll mosey on down and do this. We don't seem to really have a lot of time like that as we take a vacation, okay? It's, those kind of times are few and far between, but the one thing, life is just so fast-paced, I understand that. But we can't rush God. We cannot. That's some, something that's different than the traffic jam and, and the run here. That with God has to be, I'm going to wait upon the Lord. I think uh, Alberto or Chris, somebody read the scripture this morning about waiting on the Lord. Okay? And it's, we've been talking about it a lot lately in our church and at prayer meetings as well. We cannot just rush through like, like everything else. I've got work and I've got school and I've got to take care of things in the house and do the yard and this, that, and the other and get the kids here and there. And I have to have my prayer time. I'm going to squeeze it in there. And, and it's just one of those other things on the, to check off on the list. I do that sometimes. Okay? God can't be rushed like that. He, we have to come before the Lord and allow Him to take His time in our lives. We just have to allow Him to. We, he's not going to be fit into a little box of our schedule He's going to be the Lord of our schedule. I'm not saying be late for work. I'm saying let God lead you. Take your time when you have your time with the Lord. Um, we can't, before, can't come before the Lord. I'm going to kind of be bringing this to a head. We're not to come before the Lord like religious robots either. To where, again, it's just doing our sheer duty. We're getting it done. Uh, almost like... Uh, the Bible says instead of, you know, we're not robots, we're dear children. We're dear children. There's a difference. We come before the Lord as His children. And we're going to be with Him. He's my Father. Christ is my brother and my Savior and my Lord and my friend and my shepherd. He's all of those things. And we're not just going to get some duty out of the way. We're coming as His children. And we're not to come to prayer, Sunday school, your family altar time, to church, disengaged, detached, distracted, absent-minded. 
You understand what I'm saying? It, make, it makes a difference. It makes a difference for your own life. What you're gonna, how you're going to be blessed and what we're going to receive from the Lord. How we're going to love Him more. It makes a difference. It makes a difference to God. What He can do in our lives. Because we limit Him in so many ways. Uh, how can we limit God? We can limit God from our, un, by our unbelief. We can. We can limit God by our unbelief, even though we're His children. Don't come preoccupied, half-hearted, uncertain, bored when we come to church or come to our prayer time. Don't come by thoughtless or passionless duty, but to come by faith. To come with a genuine love in our hearts. Now, I will say this. Uh, I don't want you to, be, to misunderstand what I'm saying. We do come as a... It is the responsibility and the commandment and the duty of Christians to pray. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. I could give lots of scriptures, okay? Uh, we are to give of our tithes and offerings. We are to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So we're to come together as a body and worship the Lord. There's a lot of things we are to do. And we do them whether we feel like it or not. That's a biggie in our day. You know, it's almost like I'm not going to pray until I feel the Spirit move over me and lead me to pray. Well, I don't always feel that. But I have the living Word of God that's telling me right here to pray. I don't always feel like coming to church. Okay? But I have the Word of God that says don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Separate feelings. Okay? Separate feelings. God can touch our feelings. Praise God He can. I don't live that way and, you know, bored and all that kind of stuff like I was describing. My point is this, that you come whether you feel like it or not. You come to God in prayer. You read the Bible daily whether you feel like it or not. You share the gospel with lost men whether you feel like it or not because we're told to do those things in the Word of God by the one who saved us. But even in those things which we should do, it has, God wants it to be our joy. I want it to be my joy. So I need heart surgery like they say. I need the Lord to work on the affections of my heart to where I pray, but I want to pray. Where I study the Bible and read the Bible and obey the Lord, but I want to want to do that. I'll gather with God's people, but I want it to be my heart bursting to meet with the people of God. I share the gospel with people, but I want to want to share the gospel with people. Do it whether you feel like it or not and ask God to, to touch your heart. Does that make sense? Do it because you know you're supposed to do it. Whether the feelings are there on that particular day or not. But ask God to touch your heart and believe God to touch your heart and to change you. It needs to be the love. Of, the Lord needs to be the love of our life. Approaching God and how we come to God is not like you're working in a factory and you're punching the time clock and you're literally counting down the hours and minutes till you get to go home. Because when I leave there, I get to go be with the people I want to be with and go do the things I want to do. I'm not on the clock anymore. God doesn't want our walk with Him to be like that. And honestly, if we sometimes, I wouldn't say it characterizes all of our walk with God. There might be times in our walk with God where I feel like I'm doing a religious duty. I'm going to Sunday, Sunday. Okay, I got, I'm kind of okay with it. You know, Sunday school. Sunday, and we, we do it like we're punching a time clock. When it's over, I get to go do what I want to do. 
But wouldn't it be wonderful for all of us if what we wanted to do was this? I want to go be with God. It was in David's life. Early I'm going to seek you. Your loving kindness is better than life. He would rather have the loving kindness of God and experience that and be with the Lord. You're going to satisfy my soul. You're going to feed me. There's no higher priority. There was no higher delight in his life. There's nothing he wanted more. So it wasn't like religious duty. Let me punch the time clock and get it out of the way. Now I'm on me time. Okay, go do what I want to do. What he wanted to do was the Lord. You understand what I'm saying? I'm sometimes that way. I'm more that way than I used to be. I want to be that. I want, to, I want that to be my heart in my life. I want that to be your heart in your life. We can still come, even though we're coming out of responsibility, it can be a joyful expectation. And I'm about to, to close with this because that kind of uh, sheer religious duty kind of life is not the fullness of life in Christ that we're promised. And some of you may be walking in that right now. <clears throat> and you're just kind of hanging on in there. And you're thinking, is this all there is to it? No, there's not. Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. He wants us to have abundant life. That is more like a, uh, that religious... Uh, just a religious duty type of attitude is not really Christianity in the sense that God intends for it to be. There is more. Maybe you need to be the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need to be the fullness of His Spirit. Uh, and you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need to repent. Maybe there's worldly things in your life that have choked out the joy. You're so caught up in the world. Maybe not even sinful things. So caught up in the world and the cares of life that your, your joy and your peace is gone. God wants to be the remedy to that. Okay? He wants to be the remedy to that. And it is the remedy to, to that. I understand that sometimes we may come to the Lord or come to church or Bible study uh, a little bored or dragging our feet or just because it's supposed what we're supposed to do, uninspired. But we certainly don't want to stay that way, do we? When we come, there's a song we used to sing, to come into the presence of the living Lord is to be changed. We cannot come into His high and holy place and stay the same. I believe that. So change me, Lord. Remake me, Lord. Conform me to the image of Your Son. And so uh, we might come that way initially, but you know what? We are coming. What am I saying in all this this morning? Approach God, whether you feel like it or not. Approach Him by faith, believing that God's going to meet me there. He's going to take the affections and the desires and the want-tos of my heart. He's going to purify them and make them right. I've always said I love to fish. Okay? And if I have a fishing trip planned, I really get to go. I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. I look forward to that. But I want to long for the Lord and desire Him to where I can't wait to go be with Him. Like I say, I can't wait for this vacation. Or I can't wait for this fishing trip. Uh, something in our lives. And I do love the Lord in that way. I want, I want that more. I want that when I come to church to be that way. Um, whether we feel like it or not, but we believe that God's going to meet, meet with us. You might come in here today weak, but you don't have to leave weak. 
in your faith or your love for God and so forth. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna close with a, a couple of scriptures here and just a couple of thoughts. We might come to God, but we know when I get there, He's going to receive me. He's going to meet with me. Uh, and not only is He gonna meet me, He's gonna change me. Wherefore, He is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by Him, seeing He ever liveth to make intercession for them. He's always interceding for us. So when I come, He's already there ready to meet me and, and, and he's going to come and he's going to change me. How is God going to change us? He's going to change us from worse to better. It's always an improvement. Amen. He's going to change us from dirty to clean. He's going to change us from sin stained to blood washed and blood cleansed. He's going to ch change me from being spiritually empty and dry and destitute to uh, spirit filled with rivers of living water like He promises. He's going to change me from weak to strong. He's going to change me from fearful to being confident. He's going to change me from being confused to have an understanding and being enlightened. He's going to change me from being hard-hearted. I came in this morning, I wouldn't tell anybody. I put a big smile on my face, but I'm really kind of hard-hearted this morning. Don't want to talk to anybody. He can change me from being hard-hearted to being tender-hearted and compassionate. He can do it very quickly. And I need to come every time on Monday morning and on Sunday morning expecting God to do that. Every time I pick up my Bible, every time I say, Lord Jesus, I come before You to pray right now and call upon You. Every time You gather Your family around for a family altar time, God, we give this time to You. Would You meet with us now? Every time we call upon the Lord, we need to expect Him to do that and to be that for us. I just want to read this. I'm closing with two passages from Lamentations. We know Jeremiah wrote this, the weeping prophet. It was a time when, when Israel was, was uh, going into captivity. Judah was going into captivity. And he was one of the few that was faithful to God and wrote these prophecies. And nobody patted him on the back. And nobody said, thank you for doing this. And we believe you and we heed you. And we're on your side. Thank you for touching, taking such a stand. Nobody did that. He was thrown in a, a, a pit in prison pit, sinking in, up to his waist in mud. Okay? Uh, and that's where he was until God got him out of there. But he, he said, I am the man that hath seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He hath led me and brought me into darkness, but not into light. Also, when I cry and shout, he shutteth out my prayer. This was tough. We're talking about how he approached God. He said, I, I cried to God and it's, he's shutting out my prayer. And I said, my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. He was about at the wit's end spiritually. Not just physically, but I've been crying to God and He's not even hearing my prayer. He led me to darkness instead of light. And my, my hope is perished from the Lord. That's where Jeremiah is. But then what, you know what he says a few verses later? This I recall to mind. Therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. That's how I need to approach God. Oh, Lord, I prayed this for 25 years. It hadn't happened yet. I'm, praying, I'm worn down. I wonder if you even hear me. I wonder if you care. What's the point of even me coming to church again? Uh, we might look at each other. We've got a big smile. We don't know that that's what's going on in somebody's heart. What's the point of it? I'm so, so, you're so disappointed that you prayed for so long for something to happen. It hasn't happened yet. This is where Jeremiah was. But then, this is what God moves us to. It is of the Lord's mercies we're not consumed because His compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Great is Thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in Him. 
I'm going to hope. See there, he's saying, I'm going to. Disappointment, disappointment, even with the Lord. Seemingly disappointment, disappointment. Nothing's going my way. I prayed, nothing changed. It gets worse instead of better. But guess what? I'm going to call to mind. God's faithful. His mercies are new every morning. That doesn't change for any of us. That doesn't change for any of our circumstances. Now, specifically, we're talking about how you come to God. Come with that attitude. Come with the attitude of faith. He hears me. David said, you can come. Attend unto my cry. David said, for I am brought very low. Ever been brought very low? Just in life, you're depressed. You're discouraged. Uh, you feel disenchanted. You feel like things are not at all what you expected. I'm brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are stronger than I. So he's describing the situation. Bring my soul out of prison that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. So you see how it changes even in the midst of that little prayer? He's talking about how low he is. You have brought me very low, but you're going to deal bountifully with me. You're going to help me. You're going to bring me out of this prison. You are. That's how we're to approach God, y'all, guys. And, and that's the, Lord, the way the Lord wants us to come before him. Not just at church, but including church. How we approach the Lord, it matters. Come yielded to God. Come believing that His loving kindness is better than life. Come believing uh, that He is going to meet with me there. There will I meet with you, He says, at the altar. The altar's open. We're going to have some time before we, we leave today and, and have our vacation Bible school. When we go over there to work, let's do it with joy. Let's get it knocked out, get it done. But let us do it with joy and, and do it as unto the Lord. And just give that to God. So would you just, as I close this in prayer, you find some place to meet with God. Guys, and, and really check your own heart and see how is it that I approach the Lord? Have I been coming as a religious duty only? Have I been coming bored? Have I been coming with great hope and expectation? Do I believe this morning that you're here? And then you're going to meet with me. And that you're going to touch my heart. You're going to speak to my heart. General Shepherd, that you're going to lead me. Do I believe that? God, we come before you this morning. We approach you by the blood of Jesus, your Son. We come to you by faith. And Lord, we admit to you, because you know it already, we confess to you that there are times in our lives we pick up our Bible and we don't really think you're going to speak to us. We come to Sunday school and church and youth Bible study or whatever, and we don't really expect anything much spiritually. But Lord, I believe You want us to expect much. You want us to expect a mighty God to be mighty. And mighty in us. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. <coughs> Father, would You help us from the youngest to the oldest here to come before You by faith and with great love. We're as dear children. Can't wait to be with our Father. Please help me. Please help us, God. In Jesus' name. Thank You, Lord.